You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast, and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business, no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more Spark in your business, check out our membership Spark 365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com. And a huge shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. Kirsty. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here on Spark TV. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's very exciting. It is so good. We have known each other for, oh my God, in various walks of life. Mm-hmm. I want to say, because we went to the same high school, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is insane. This is insane. So I'm so excited to share your story because I love that you know, paths cross over the years and, you know, now here we are again, you know, on the same mission to do great things for for women in business. So I am stoked to have you here. Let's just start out by telling the fabulous folk who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I'm Kirsty Jackson. I'm co-founder of Freelancing Gems and we are on a mission to see more women access the career of their dreams. So it's not a small feat. We know that we have a huge mission ahead of us. Um, but together with my co-founder, Fleur Madden, we are deeply passionate about um, closing the gender pay gap for women in consulting and for women broadly. Uh, so that sustains us. I love it. Why? Why women? Why do you love us? What's the go? How did you actually get into this? <laughs> interesting. I think um, I so I started my career Um, working with a very strong female leader and I think that shaped a lot of my experience in business Mm. and I moved on from that um, into probably less supportive uh, working environments for women and so that was was quite very diplomatic um, yeah (laughs) it was uh, yeah told this story a few times so I know (laughs) the diplomatic way to deliver it Mm -hmm. I think that um that was quite jarring of an experience and I and I um, hadn't been exposed to that before. Mm. And so I didn't just go into business um, with the expectation that, oh, this is how women are meant to be treated in your workplace. I, I had something different. And so mm. I think that's where that passion probably started from, um, that I knew it wasn't meant to be this way um, and that I had to be different for women. And, and I think then since then in a few of my other positions, I was... I had the opportunity or I was the first woman on the executive team, the first woman in the workplace to take maternity leave. Um, In marketing, I a lot of the times was recruiting younger team members who Mm -hmm. were at the very early stages of their career and my job as a leader was very much to support them through the growth of their careers, whether that's in the workplace we were in or or, um, moving on from that. So I... I guess I took it upon myself to, I remember saying to my, one of my bosses in the past, you know, I want to be a trailblazer for women in this organization. It's very male dominated industry. And, you know, I'm the first one to take maternity leave. And I think there's an opportunity to um, really project for the women here, what their Mm -hmm. careers could look like. 
and pave that path for them. Now, that didn't turn out to be the workplace where that vision could come to life. And, and so it was the conversation with Fleur. Um, Fleur and I have actually known each other my whole life. Our parents are best friends. And um, oh, while we cool. didn't... I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So while we didn't grow up as active friends together um, through different ages, uh, we both had babies together. Our first babies were only about a week apart. Wow. So we started talking around that time. And that's when, uh, yeah, I started talking to her probably more as like a mentor figure for me um, around like what I want out of the workplace. And she was on in semi-retirement after she'd sold um, her PR agency. Uh, and so it really evolved from there. Uh, and we wanted to, we're both really naturally passionate about women and um, wanted to create a product that didn't have a ceiling you know didn't wasn't selling time like a consulting mm. agency originally we had this idea of like an umbrella agency where organizations could come to one place to get all of the services they need say to launch a brand mm. but we had the legals and the accounting and the trademark attorney and the branding and all of the other elements that they needed all under one roof mm. and so and and that's what freelancing gems is in a digital capacity yeah um, where wow. we could support more women so um yeah I think I was born with it (laughs) I love that and you mentioned (laughs) you mentioned marketing as part of your career history so what industry were you in and what role do you play in freelancing gems now is it the marketing vibes yeah so at at freelancing gems I am um co-founder I wear all of the hats every single day yes yes, but my focus of my role is marketing and product development so I um I I have a marketing marketing events degree so that's what I've that's my bread and butter that's what I've done my whole career probably about uh six or seven years ago now I stepped into um startup marketing Mm. um or in the tech space so uh moved much more into product marketing digital um very much only sort of digital marketing and away from that broader brand marketing, although that's always, always there in the background. Mm. Always, yes, always part of it. Chicken and egg situation there. Um, so, so yes, at Freelancing Gems, I get to do my best work as a marketer. Uh, and I have always had a keen interest in, um, in tech and, you know, I was one of eight girls at Loretto in the computer science co-op class and almost did an IT degree um, before I got pulled in a different direction so so managing the product development um uh yeah I guess just gives me that sort of like analytical outlet Mm. um that I have there as well so uh and it all it's so much connected to the customer experience so you know um it's a perfect position for me where I am responsible for the customer experience and the marketing experience, but I can create the product how I want it to deliver that experience as well. That is like one of the amazing things about being in startup world. Like you can Mm. actually make the impact. You can actually draw from your customer feedback and make change like ASAP. It's so good. Yeah, Yeah. I I would be the worst employee other big corporate now or government. I think I lasted like two years in government, which was really long two years mm. um, and got out as soon as I possibly could because, yeah, my husband works for a lot of government clients and just listening to the meetings and the story, I can't do it. I couldn't touch a waste of time. 
It's really interesting. And so, well, I mean, do you think there's a big difference between, so drawing from your corporate background, um, you know, corporate marketing, being a marketing employee, and then having a startup, having a business and being in charge of marketing for that business? Yes, I think I can move faster because I don't necessarily need to convince the people around me uh, of the value of marketing. Mm. It's interesting. I don't know why, uh, but it feels like marketing is this first division that execs know they need to bring on, but it's also the first division that they feel they can just turn off yeah. and on like a tap. I mean, that that language was used with mm. me once in um, by the CFO. You know, marketing is something we can turn on and off. Um, like a tap. And and so I think that carries through. That's true of a lot of organisations. So, um, and, you know, Fleur um, has a background in PR and so and marketing, and so she's not someone that I need to convince of the value of marketing, which is your role as an executive, absolutely. Um, mm. And as marketers, we are storytellers, so we should be able to use those skills to convince um, the you know, key decision makers um, or our team, if we are on that exec, um, the value of what it is that we want to do. But I guess so it just means I don't need to have those conversations. I can move faster because we all get it. Yeah, it is so interesting. It always blows my mind. I know, um, obviously, Spark, where actually I'm all scrunch too. So all my businesses are sales and marketing related. But it is really interesting. You do find that through difficult times, sales, marketing, advertising are the first things to be cut and then people can't understand why their sales are declining. Yes. (laughs) It must be the market. Hmm. You've stopped talking to the market. (laughs) And maybe it's how we package up, like when we're budgeting and forecasting, we've got this like cost of sales section where like definitely operations is necessary, accounts, development, that's all Mm. really necessary. But there is this, like what about acquisition Mm. and and what and and you know how marketing is involved in the retention of that or the customer experience I think customer success team customer experience team are starting to um, blend into that cost of sales line but yeah Yeah. so maybe the questions around like how do we get more of our marketing efforts up into that cost of sales section so that it's completely wrapped up in the cost of delivering yes That's genius. I think that you have just solved it. You just solved it for every sales and marketing person on the planet. I love that so much. Move your expense line into the cost of sales and you're done. (laughs) That is so good. I love it. I love it. So obviously at Freelancing Gems, you work with a lot of amazing women in business. Um, So obviously freelancers are inherently business owners, whether they call themselves that or not. What do you see, what have you just noticed, I guess, over the last couple of years, um, trends for freelancers? Do you think now is the time to be a freelancer? Do you think now is the time to get a job? Like, what's your vibe on the market? Yes. Uh, You know, it's funny. I think if we had this conversation three weeks ago, I'd answer completely differently. But number of conversations we're having at the moment, we all feel that the cost of living is outrageous right Mm -hmm. now. And You know, I think I've worked it out that when chicken is sparse or expensive, cost of sales, uh, sorry, um, cost of living is through the roof. It's too high. It's way too high. 
Yeah, two meat. Everyone's after the chicken. Everyone buys a cheaper meat when petrol's too high. So, you know, when Woolworths is having a chicken shortage. We know we're in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So in saying that, what we have found, so we launched freelancing jams um, mid-COVID, August 2020. Mm. We started playing with the idea the year before and then really I started getting serious about it late 2019, but really when the pandemic hit in March, that gave us a deadline. We said to ourselves, okay, this is something that women are really, really going to need now. Yeah. There's going to be how many women stood down, retrained, yes. um, out of work. So we really um, moved fast to get the platform up and running then. And for us at that time, we had some great success because we know with brands like Flight Center, their mm. marketing team of 50-plus um, people all stood down except like three people. And so many, we were there for many of those creatives, um, jumped straight onto the platform. For other women at that time, they had been playing around with the side hustle. They were made, their role was made redundant or they were stood down. So they had capacity to give it a good go. Mm -hmm. And by joining freelancing gems, they now have fully viable businesses where for some of them, even their husbands have quit their corporate role and and come on with them as well. Um, So... That was a really good time for women in um, contract work then because also, of course, there's all of these um, recruitment freezes Mm. and the alternative is a contract start that comes out of this other magical bucket of funds um, and gets around. I love that magical bucket of funds. (laughs) Yeah, the magical contractor bucket. Mm. And it's happening again now. So cost of living. So that was a pandemic. That was, Mm. you know, pandemic um, reasons but this one now is cost of living is so high so there's brands like mm. beauty retail brands etc um, banks like mortgages are slowing down this um, retail boom is correcting slowly over time mm. um, and so for them business has really slowed down so for these say for example big beauty brands they're back to recruitment freeze and so we're seeing their jobs jump onto our platform because mm. the opportunity again is for contractors to take those on from that magical bucket. So I don't think, I think there's always a right time to start freelancing or contracting. Um, now is is better time than any. Um, yeah, kind of when the economy is doing it tough, freelancers have the opportunity. That's so cool, I, which I think is awesome, right? It kind of almost puts the power back into your hands, you know, as somebody who might be feeling the pinch of the cost of living crisis, like being able to actually say, well, stuff it, I'm going to draw on my skills and throw my hat in the ring and try and generate some more income for myself and stop relying on my employer. I think it's kind of awesome. I mean, sucks yeah. about the economy, but kind of awesome that, you know, we do have that opportunity to kind of put our own destiny in our own hands oh yeah and we just had an open house here at our new office space today and the women women were from all different industries Mm. all different um stages of their careers one woman just quit her full-time job a few weeks ago um no prospects lots of ideas um has freelanced in the past and just wants to chase her passions again and to Mm. do work that matters Mm. so and that was that was like you know everyone's at different stages of business but everyone could relate to that story and then there's other women who have been consulting and and freelancing for 25 years um and 
and still doing that now, but maybe moved back, looking for a local network. So everyone had different stories, different stages, but everyone could relate mm. to each and every person's story. So, yeah, there is. It's true. There is so much freedom in freelancing. And still corporate business is not built for two, um, not not built for um, a sustainable career sustainable work-life balance I think people have what COVID has been good for is people have more of an appetite to chase balance I don't know balance is a weird word for a mum um it doesn't exist <laughs> I don't know um, if it exists with business owners or mums <laughs> yeah yes, yeah absolutely business owners. we were just talking about that today I mean if you're going to go out and start a business, it has to be something that you're truly and deeply passionate about because oh. that passion will sustain you through the high capacity that you have to work at. Like you are going to have to work nights and you are going to have to work weekends, but you'll want to because that's what sustains you and that's what um, that's what gives you drive and, and um, it's where you want to spend your time, especially like, you're loving your if you love your clients you work with or if you're loving your like um say if you've got a small team and you love working with them it's it's just the same as going to lunch with your girlfriends if you love your work that much yeah that's what will sustain you I love that it's it is so true you're right I know it's it's funny uh I think people get a little confused by the Instagram memes that go around like with the balance and then the hustle and you some people are in one camp other people are in other camps and I do feel like it is difficult especially in the early days not to have to put in a bit of hustle to build yeah. your business um so yeah I, I love that idea that you know actually going after something that you're deeply passionate about to make sure that drive does sustain you is so important yeah, yeah, and that's what you need in the beginning, especially if it's something on your own. You know, 80% of us freelancers work on our own. Mm. And so that that stuff's really hard to carry on your own if you're not super energised about it. Exactly. And where do we think this is going? So you guys have just created a study. You've just done a massive survey <clears throat> with the Urban List. What did you, what came out of that? Where are we, where do we think the world is heading here in the terms of future of work? Yeah, so... One of the major, um, so there were three sort of different chapters um, to the report. One looked at um, the remote revolution and what that really means and how do we make that stick and and what about working remotely or flexible work is actually really, is really important to workers. Mm -hmm. um, another one was wellness at work. And so that one's really about how the onus is on the employer to support the mental health and wellness of their employees. Um, and how how where the opportunities are there and that comes back to that element of we, we were talking about earlier of, of community and how important community is mm. to find in the workplace community and connection to find in the workplace where no longer are we getting it from traditional areas of our lives like church or from our local neighborhood yeah um and the uh, for me I think uh, there's so many pieces that have come out of that report but for me um the, the first chapter that we looked at was, is passion the new promotion? And so oh, that was really, cool. um, yeah, it was so, it, it was a question that we asked um, early on in the piece, in the survey, and mm. it was really about finding, I guess, it was really about testing the market on what truly is important to them now post-COVID or on the other side of the um, pandemic, although feels like it's always 
going to be here. Um, lingering, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, so the report found that when looking for a new role, like 76 respondents said that salary is really important, mm. but while in a role and happy in a role or working in an own organisation, that dropped super low, like one in 10 people said salary was important. What they said was important is doing work that matters. Mm. And so, yes, purpose is the new promotion. And so there is an opportunity for employers to really assess what what the purpose of their product, of their like brand, what is the purpose of their organisation and do their employees connect with that purpose? Yeah. So is the work they're delivering giving them purpose in their personal endeavours or their career? Mm. Um, so it's so important as well because I feel mm. like as business owners, um, when you get to that stage where you've got a number of employees, it's you sometimes forget how much you actually need to reinforce what you what the purpose is, what impact you are trying to make. It gets very easy to have the time pass and for everyone to have deliverables, you know, and working yeah. to their KPIs, working to their tasks. Um, you know, sometimes I think employers forget to actually reinforce the purpose and link it to their roles. So that is so interesting yeah. that that is what people are valuing that you know, it's, it goes beyond money and yeah. You know, people, yeah, I love that. People want to do work that matters. That is yeah. that's cool. And, you know, maybe that's looking at, you know, there's so much talk around KPIs or OKRs or whatever mm. your metrics might be. Mm. Um, but definitely what's important now for the future is what are those impact measurements? Yes. yes. And so you're saying like connecting them to that purpose. Um, connecting them to those impact measurements. So for us at Freelancing Mm -hmm. Gems, how many women have we got into work? How many women have we closed their gender pay gap for? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like so that's something that we survey quite um, frequently at Freelancing Gems. You know, you come on in year one, at the end of year one or midway through, we're asking, um, are you charging more? Have you increased Mm -hmm. your rate? Do you feel you're charging what you're worth? We're asking those questions all the time and we know that 76 76% of members um, after that first year uh, have given themselves a pay rise. That's so So cool. That's really, yeah, and that's that's probably the key impact metric for us and how we can connect everybody to that purpose and and keep it front of mind as well. I love it. That's up in that day-to-day. Yeah, exactly. That is so cool. And look, I, um, you know, testament to Freelancing Gems. I'm a Freelancing Gems member um, and I have got work of Freelancing Gems for um, Scrunch Agency through Spark. Like it is the mm-hmm. best network and I've just met awesome people. I, um, yeah. I think that, you know, we talk about community and, you know, you relied on that, you know, for work with your teammates. But when mm. you're a solo freelancer or, you know, like me living in a remote location, that community element of bringing people together and fostering conversations. And I think that that is severely underrated as well. You know, yeah. it's it's hard to put a, a metric around that. Um, mm. but, you know, that's one I'm of the trying. things. I'm trying to work out how to measure how much work is done between the freelancing gems members. So far, I haven't nailed it, but I'm trying. 
I think it's so important, you know, like that's that, that community element. It's not just the, yes, for me, it's a little therapy sometimes, which is always needed, but yeah, that just, you know, cross promotion in terms of members. And, you know, I get my email every, however often with all of the amazing faces in your community. Oh, amazing. I need one of those people. I need one of those people. Like, yeah, I think that it's really interesting you know, the fact that we can actually get that as a business owner or a freelancer through a platform like Freelancing Gems, you know, it does, we don't need to actually be employed and try and gain that community from a workplace. Yeah, completely. And that's, 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 I'm glad to hear that experience of yours because that's exactly our purpose, our job is, Mm. I was saying to the women today at the um, open house, it is our job to promote your service. So target in whatever you want. If you've got content, we're happy to share it. It is our like sole purpose to put you guys on a platform and to um, put your name up in lights. So, and and absolutely, the impact that we have for you as a member mm. is 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 those connections that you gain, the work that you gain, the success that you um, reach in business. Because women in business experience unique challenges. We know that, and we, Claire and I. Um, uh, the team to deliver this mission because we are so we have those same challenges but also as employers we've seen we, we are both customers on both sides we're, we're the freelancer yes. the consultant that's had these challenges um, and we're the employer on the other side that wants to connect with skilled available standout female talent or women um, and just need one place to find more that is so because cool. we're time poor Totally, exactly. We're also trying to build an empire on a schedule here. Yes. But interesting segue. So I'm interested to know then about your experience in business. Obviously, we know the importance of um, the market in which we're living, but what about your lived experience? So how was it for you going from employee to business owner? And I know you're a mom as well. So how do you navigate building this business championing this mission being a mom like how has have you navigated this space have you found any challenges along the way (laughs) oh of course yes um but so I come back to that passion piece Mm. um and what's probably so passion of course you have to have that because there's a lot of late nights and this and that and especially when I was working in a full-time role and starting to play around with this idea Mm. um any work that I did around this idea was late nights and and weekends and you know it's that deep work in the very beginning as well like let's do a full research project on the customer profiles what that looks like and that's my gem that's the stuff that I do and brought to the table so and then of course you know we're putting the brand together on the weekend and Mm. all that sort of thing so passion for sure but perseverance is probably the key um, element required of any startup founder um because I would say the biggest challenge for us in business has been the investment journey. Yes. Um, and I know you know that investment journey well as well. It's a real roller coaster ride. Mm. Um, and it is a real test of resilience and perseverance. Yeah. Um, and of confidence as well. But I think what's helped us in that um, area, because you pitch your business a billion times, you get a billion really long, lengthy no emails. The no emails are usually the really long ones. They come <laughs> up weird times, like it's not during business hours. Um, 
yeah, we've had a lot of them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, now I'm wrapped up in that experience. Lost my train of thought. But um, no, I mean, I think yeah. it's interesting to even like put a pin in because it's it kind of illustrates as well the amount of things you have to do, be aware of, think about, become an expert in as a business owner. Like when you're an employee, you don't suddenly go, oh, well, now I know how to do the marketing, how to do the finances, how to go out and raise capital, how to build a tech product. Like you're like just right in the trenches trying to figure it all out. It's it's really fucking difficult. Yeah. And, And what I say, I think I would say like almost every day, no, I have no idea how to do that, but I'll just work it out. Yeah. And so it has to be, you have to go into a business with that attitude. Then mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't know how to work it out. It doesn't matter if you've never built a cash flow model or you've never done financial forecasting or you've never done a BAS or yeah. any, like I'm a creative. Finance, banking is not my jam, but it is now because it's my finance and it's my banking. Yes. So that's again when I, I think it comes down to um, when you're building. I mean, I call freelancing gems my middle child. <laughs> yeah that's what I, I put say. just as much time and effort and energy and yeah. she's kept me up just as much at night and mm, um, so true. just as labor intensive um as our as, uh, my two boys on either side um so yeah you you just give it a go you just have to go into it with an attitude of I'll work it out I love that. And you're, you are so right because I also don't think that ever ends. I think that there's, you know, an interesting thing. I think we have kind of these rose colored glasses on at the start where we think if we just push, push, push at some point, the floodgates will open and life will be Mm -hmm. amazing. But I just think like the bigger you get, the bigger your problems are, you know, there's just more things to deal with. Like you really do. I love that. You do have to have that attitude of, I will just figure it out and everything will be okay if we just keep persevering, keep moving forward because we are doing something amazing here. Yes. And I think what's so important, I mean, early on in the journey, I heard the tip of ensuring that you have a like folder on your dashboard of your client testimonials. Oh, I love this one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it it does work. It is so important. So I get the, say, for example, I get the Google testimonials direct to my inbox and Mm. respond to them. And I'll never change that path because that is so important for me as a co-founder to to stop and remind myself of of what it is that we are delivering Mm. and that we do have absolute product market fit. We have proven the model and we are delivering on our mission for these women in real life. You know, these women have had real life major changes where we've been, they use words like, you know, we've been a lifeline for them. Um, Mm. They are able to spend more time with their children, say, for example, or like that other example where their husbands quit their corporate job and they're both working in the organization together we have made that change and we had delivered on our mission for so many women we've got over uh, around about a thousand members now on both sides of the marketplace yeah and so we are making a real impact um for those people and that is so important when you're consistently getting noticed from people who honestly don't connect with your the problem that you're solving Yeah, I know. I just, I've said it a couple of times recently on the podcast. I have this funny, I've just been really reflecting on, um, you know, venture capital investment, Mm. uh, how little women get invested in that's, you know, seems to be declining, not even improving. And I just have this 
feeling that it's going to be us. It's actually going to be women that solve this problem for women. There's a few interesting crowdfunding platforms that have just come out that only fund women female led businesses. And I just, I saw one, I thought that's it. That's going to be what happens is it's going to be us successful female founders reinvesting in the next group of female founders. And we're just going to, there's going to be a few of us that go, we're fucking sick of this shit Mm -hmm. and solve it ourselves. So yeah, although that's my fortune telling. And it'll be really good to reflect on in six to 12 months. Yeah, that's right. Um, (laughs) Let's do that. Uh, Although Julia Slifer, who is our current um, chief entrepreneur in Queensland, um, said, told us on the panel at our International Women's Day launch that women who, women founders who get investment from other women or women crowdfunding platforms, anything mm. sort of specific to women or grants, et cetera, are less likely to gain future investment. Really? What? That initial investment, if it's by a woman, is sort of discounted as like, oh, that was like sisterhood. They didn't really assess. So it just completely discounts the value of the startup in what? assuming, oh, it's just like a sisterhood thing. It didn't even really assess if it was a viable investment. So, and that's our story at Freelancing Gems. We have our our investors are females. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> and as well, we're not just female-led, we're um, only female-led. So our um, founding yeah. team is all females. Yeah. And we're solving a woman's problem. Yeah. And there's a massive gender pay gap, especially in VC investors. Mm. And so all the men have money, but they don't connect with a, this woman's problem that we're solving. Yes. And so, uh, so yes, the rocky roller coaster. Don't they talk to their fucking wives? I've sworn a lot in this podcast. This is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I tell you, it's a passionate topic. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be frustrating, right? Like, this is not. A small problem. This is a huge problem that you guys are solving. It and just fifty percent of the population. It blows my mind that people don't understand the size of this problem and the impact that you're making. Like I, yeah, I mean, I know things will. Yeah, you guys are amazing. You are the ones for this job, so I have no doubt that it will. You'll get everything you need to make it a. Giant I think that's the mess. problem, though. I think I find it's such a big problem that mm. as soon as you mention it, you kind of feel like half of the room. But oh yeah, but I mean, people have said, "Oh, gender pay gap. What can we do about it?" Other people have said, "Is it even really like they don't believe in it? Wow, like it's like a religion or something?" Oh like my that. god, yeah. totally. And it's like, yeah, we've proven it. We, yeah. we have yeah, the yeah. stats. <laughs> Yeah. There's like legislation around reporting on your gender pay gap now. Yeah, exactly. We can help with. That's hilarious. Everyone needs help with that apparently. Yes. Oh, well, I can imagine. Oh, you are absolutely incredible, Kirsty. Thank you so much for being on Spark TV and uh, sharing your wisdom, sharing your journey with uh, our amazing female community how about we leave this on one last note? Any advice for a female founder who might be struggling today in their business today? Any uh, words of wisdom that hold true for you on this journey? Yes, absolutely. That tip of truly go and don't go put your testimonials into a folder somewhere. Yeah. Or better yet, get them on Google because Google loves a review and that's yes. going to do really well for your business, your IPO. Um, but with any of those hesitations, meet them head on. 
do what you would for a client, say, for example, explore each of them, identify how you could overcome each one, and then make a plan to test ideas that will take the least amount of effort and make the most impact. So say, for example, maybe you're time poor. Why don't you carve out four hours a week to spend on your new business or invest in a course um, to, to upskill? But I think my biggest takeaway would be to stay curious and to just start exploring. I love it. I love it. You're incredible. Thank you again for being on Spark TV and we'll definitely reconnect in 12 months to see if we've just solved all the world's problems. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been so fun. That wraps another episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. I hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey. We would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review. This helps the Spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business. If you want to hang out with us even more, join Spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a business growth tip. Check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.